part of my reason for being stuck in both my relationship and my fitness journey and my nutrition journey is I was basing everything off of a version of myself that it just wasn't anymore. I was basing off of what worked or what plan I had from a 19, 20, 21 year old version of Krista. That version of Krista had a lot less to worry about in her life. I could get away with certain kinds of fitness and nutrition routines that hey at 22 might also include not a lot of sleep a couple extra drinks that now closer to 30 I can't get away with right I just can't but what I learned was that I didn't really work on the relationship with fitness and food it was so driven by aesthetics and chasing a goal versus how it made me feel and that is really where I have totally changed the way I coach. I went through a 45 pound weight gain in less than a year. I've never felt more uncomfortable in my body in my entire life. I also looked in the mirror and said to myself, wow, I don't know if I care about it at all to the point where I'm kind of okay with the fact that that happened until I was in such a place that I said to myself, I don't recognize who this person is. Let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. What's going on, Fix listeners? Welcome back to our latest episode of The Fix Podcast, episode 105. I'm your host, Krista Huber, and I'm very excited to share today's episode. For those of you who have been around The Fix for a minute, have been following me, have been following my story, have been following the show, you might have caught this episode on my friend's podcast over at The Alignment Show with my amazing friends and fellow wellness professionals, Lexi DeYoung and Melissa. Lexi and Melissa are amazing. They have an awesome podcast. They've been guests on this show before, which I will also link down in the show notes. We did a great episode, not even a month and a half back on all things intuitive eating and using macros as a tool to be able to develop into an intuitive eater and develop that trust with your relationship with food. So highly encourage you to uh, check that out. But I decided to share this episode today because it's all about my story. And we've gotten a lot of new listeners over the course of the past month or so. And I'm kind of shifting directions. I've had a bunch of life changes happen over the last few weeks. The Fitness Fix headquarters has moved. So I'm recording this podcast from a brand new setup. Um, You'll still see me over at Black Swallowtail Studios with the awesome and amazing space that they have set up there, but you'll also get um, some of my new place in the mix too. And I've gotten a little bit of time back moving away from teaching classes and personal training a bit to really focus on growing the Fitness Fix brand and focusing on pouring into the amazing community that we've created over the course of the past three years and have really blown up in just the last seven months alone with adding my two amazing assistant coaches, shout out to Alyssa and Kara, now a part of the mix as well. So I think it's important to kind of give the backstory on why the Fitness Fix got started and 
I actually was just on a coaching call last night with our one-to-one clients. We get together every single week and we talk about different topics that came up through client check-ins, successes that people are experiencing, any kind of roadblocks that can get in the way and really comparing the fitness fix to other programs out there, much based off of my own experience of working with a coach. And we were having this conversation all around goal setting and understanding that goals can shift and goals can change. And it's important to move that goal line as you go through a process of losing weight, gaining muscle, building confidence, it's okay for your goals to shift. But more importantly, we need to focus on the process and being really process oriented is actually going to help you get to said goal. It's great to set a goal and to think macro and think pie in the sky. But if we don't really have an understanding of how to get there, well, that's the benefit of working with a coach. Say you want to lose 15 pounds. Say you want to lose 5% body fat, but you kind of have this idea of, yeah, I need to eat healthier. But then you're like, oh, wait a second. I already do eat healthy. So I can't really figure out how to get there. That is the benefit of having that coach client relationship. That is the benefit of signing up for a program. Overall, what really kind of came through for me and thinking about what makes the fitness fix different though, is we want to help you focus on the exit strategy. We want to help you figure out, let's say, okay, we are planning to track our food intake and get a really great understanding of macronutrients of protein, carbohydrates, fat, learning how to be flexible in our food choices, learning how to plan in advance, really establishing this solid foundation of how the heck does food fit together. That is one of our main priorities because it's the driver in which people use to lose weight. But we want to get you to a place where maybe your macros is just some what of a tool that you rely on at certain periods in the year. And as we were kind of talking through this and talking through goal setting, something that came up for me was the fact that my relationship with macronutrients and with tracking has really changed and is now reflected in this program. And the reason why it's really changed is because at one point it was totally a fad for me. We rip on fad diets on this podcast pretty often. I criticize them on social media when they're encouraging people to cut out entire food groups. You can totally do that with macronutrients. And I was that person. I would be on this yo-yo where you know, for a couple of months at a time, I'd be really into tracking my food, stop tracking it, kind of decide, okay, if I'm eating X amount of carbohydrates, well, things that are higher in carbohydrates, an example, bananas, for a while, I wouldn't touch them. I love them. So it's now something that I've learned to incorporate back into my day and just figure out, hey, okay, if this is what I'm choosing to eat, then I just need to make an adjustment somewhere else. But ultimately developing this program that looks at everything holistically, that helps you understand how does not just the macros themselves, but how does our stress play a role? How does our sleep or lack thereof play a role? How does our digestion play a role? And all this other information that we collect to make more informed decisions and really assess how your body's responding has helped me see how this truly is a lifestyle because we're looking at so many different measurements of success. We can set goals based on some of these different criteria, what we call biofeedback markers that you've heard before if you've been around here for a minute. So that's all well and good. And that's great in terms of understanding, well, what does the experience look like? Why do we do the things that we do inside of the fitness fix? That's something we're huge on. We're not just here to dictate what you should be eating. We want to show you how to eat but understanding what the backstory was for my personal experience. How did I even get into this space in the first place? And it's something that I'm very happy to share as we now, you know, having changes go on are making this 
point to kind of take, take a step back and be like, well, what will the fitness fix look like over the next six months? We're already moving into the second half or six months into 2023. So what do these next six months look like? If you're out there listening, just as much as I'm saying, this is a time for me to reevaluate. And it's a time for me to take a step back and think about goals, not just professionally, but personally too, and my own fitness and my own nutrition that maybe this is a reminder you need to go out and do exactly that. And again, if you're new here, I hope that hearing a little bit more about my story and how I really decided to pour into this program and put it together and what kind of happened in my personal life that led me down a certain career path, a very winding career path, let's say, as you'll hear throughout this interview that I did with Melissa on the alignment show, it was filled with lots of twists and turns, but that's what life is all about. And I'm very appreciative for those twists and turns that I've had because when new events come up and things that I wouldn't have necessarily predicted come my way, I am able to sit with them and say, cool, everything happens for a reason. And it could be one of the biggest cliches in the book, but I don't think that for a second because I believe that it's really true. And when certain things happen in your life, the only thing you can control is the way that you respond to them. And I've learned through maybe not responding in the way I would have liked to, I've learned what I can focus on. And a lot of that has to do with my own mindset, my own mental health, how I'm taking care of my body, how I'm prioritizing me. And what's really amazing is I have this community of clients inside of the fitness fix to motivate me to lead by example, but also even people who listen to this podcast. I want to be real. I want to continue to be vulnerable. And that means that there's plenty of days where I don't have it all figured out, but I know that I will figure it out and having that determination and recognizing that sometimes the things that we think are catastrophic or the worst thing that could have possibly happened to us always turn out to be even better than we can imagine if we choose to take action, if we choose to actively look at it that way and do something about it rather than just saying, oh, well, this is the outcome that I got. Here's what I have to deal with. And I don't know what I'm going to do next. The best thing that you can do when it comes to even your fitness and nutrition to being successful is to take immediate action, is to recognize that hey, you're dealt a certain hand or something doesn't necessarily go the way you pictured it to, well, what are you going to do next? Pivoting in making quick decisions, even if you pivot again from there, that's all right. And that's what it's all about. That's why we learn how to both plan, but be flexible at the same time too. So I'm going to kick the mic over to myself at this point, but just kind of wanted to set the scene for this episode. And for those of you who don't know a whole lot about how the fitness fix started, how I even got into fitness myself, having had a background in finance and a degree in journalism, I walk you through that whole story here. And if any of it resonates with you, you guys know, I would love to hear from you. I am always available in the DMs. Shoot me a message over at the Krista Huber at the fix official pod. Check us out on YouTube. We are actively growing our YouTube channel for the fitness fix and excited to get some new content coming your way over there. Probably going to get myself a new camera and do a little vlogging and things like that. So excited for all of the fun projects to come over the course of the next few months and stay right here to stay updated for it. 
If any of this message resonates with you and you think there's somebody else in your life who would really appreciate it too, you know what to do. Please share it. We appreciate it. I love being able to connect with new listeners and hoping to make an impact on as many people as possible by sharing all these stories. So with that, let's move right into today's episode. Hello, Alignment family. Welcome back to the show. This week, we have another guest for you, and you just heard a little bit more about her, but we love to have our guests introduce themselves. So first and foremost, Krista, welcome to the Alignment Show. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. I'm really excited to get to know you, Melissa, and learn more about your audience and the women that you work with just as much as I'm very excited for the opportunity to share a little bit more about me and my platform. Love that so much. And listeners get ready because you're going to get so much value from this episode. And with that, we'll just jump right in. So Krista, I would love to just have you introduce yourself. You know, who are you? What do you do? Anything else you want to (laughs) share? Absolutely. So my name is Krista Huber. I am the founder of the Fitness Fix Nutrition Coaching Method, and I'm a fellow podcaster myself. I am a part of our soon-to-be, we'll say depending on the timing of this episode, podcast family, right, with Operation Podcast. So I'm excited to be able to join that network. We I have to give them a shout-out to our very good friend, Chase Tuning, who has tremendously helped me with my own podcast and honestly my own nutrition coaching business and the whole journey and everything and it's just amazing how podcasting has been able to connect me to so many people and I start there and talking about who I am because being a podcaster is so integral to my story Melissa but I never expected to arrive at it the way that I did and the way that I have I'm coming up on my official two-year anniversary of recording my show called The Fix which really is just an extended resource of a lot of the coaching that I do. I look at it as an opportunity to educate as many predominantly women as possible as those are the typically the clients that I work with. And I really kind of fell into it because I look back on my decision-making process from age 17, if not earlier, up until today, now 10 plus years later. And I always thought I was going to be a journalist. So I never expected fitness to necessarily be the subject matter, but I really feel there's so much alignment in terms of the skill set that's required. And I actually studied that in college. So I pursued it so heavily. I expected to be a news anchor on TV. And now for anybody who's watching this video, I'm sitting here in a studio that most certainly captures that. So the first time I ever recorded in this studio in particular, it kind of pulled on my like 16 year old heartstrings a little bit to be like, hey, this is a dream realized in a lot of ways. But that as part kind of part one of a big portion of my story and identity is huge for me. And then, of course, as a nutrition coach, being able to take a lot of what has impacted my own health and fitness routine and now pour into other women and help them realize a lot around giving yourself permission to actually put you first is really a foundation of the coaching that I do. And for as much as we can get into this episode and talk all about, you know, different food choices and macronutrients and a lot of the mechanisms and the nitty gritty, for me, it's really helping a help all about helping females like step into their voice and step into that power to be able to raise their hand and be like hey I do actually need help it's okay that I need help and I am going to be 
uncomfortable at times and maybe putting myself first, but I know that if I establish tools and structure and healthy boundaries, it's only going to make me a better person in all of the relationships I have in my life. Okay. Just, we need a moment because I love all of it. Love the space that you hold for women and everything that you integrate into your coaching. And obviously we're going to get into the nitty gritty of just like your approach and how you handle clients and your mechanisms and all of that good stuff. And I do just want to take a second to acknowledge you for how well-spoken you are, because first of all, you're like right at home in your little studio right now, you guys, if you're seeing the video, so cute. Um, but I know even on our previous conversation, you know, a couple of weeks ago, before we decided to podcast, you had talked about just how your own podcast and your own voice has evolved over the last Mm. couple of years. And you can really tell. So I wanted to acknowledge you for that. And everybody's in for a treat to listen to you speak here. So with that, let's get more into your story. I'm going to leave it up to you kind of where you want to start. We can go as long or as short as you want, but basically what led you to where you are now? Yeah. So great question. And I could go on and on about this forever, but hopefully, you know, if you want to cut me off and ask about anything in particular, please do. Because as I kind of alluded to in what I've shared so far, I definitely didn't see this path for myself necessarily. And a big part of that happened to me about three years ago almost now the last three years have gone by so quickly and I know that anybody listening to this can certainly attest to that like let's just have a oh shit moment we're about to enter 2023 and I have been in that reflection mode being that it is the end of a current year and for me the radical changes that occurred in my life started in December of 2019 so this is really for so many reasons like December happens to be the anniversary of my podcast, only two years, not three, but there, there's just so many things that happened to me even the last four, if I count 2019, that have changed so much of the trajectory that I thought I saw for myself and that I honestly was very afraid to navigate away from. So to give way more context to kind of an elusive statement like that, I started in the fitness industry out of just pure enjoyment and as a way to make friends. So I, like I said, went to school for journalism. At the time, I was looking to make a little extra cash at school. So I did teach some group fitness classes all through college. But I thought it was just for fun. I thought it was just for giggles. And I never expected to really take it to the next level. But I eventually moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm from New Jersey and now live in New Jersey. And when I moved to Charlotte, I didn't really know that many people. I had gone to college in Virginia, had a couple of girlfriends from high school who had friends who went to surrounding schools in the Charlotte area. A lot of them wound up living in Charlotte full time. And I kind of made a couple of friends that way. But for me, having had fitness as a part of my life for a really long time, even growing up as a high school athlete, I was a big swimmer and I decided to let that go in college. I knew I wanted that to be a pillar of my post-grad routine and I started jumping around to all different boutique studios. If anybody's listening knows anything about Charlotte, it's a really young city. I would still consider it a very new city and for that reason, like you can walk down the street there and there's a boutique studio on almost every corner. It's pretty wild and obviously boutique fitness has just really had its moment, I think, in the last 10 years. So, I that that happening to me and realizing, oh, I want to connect with people who have this in common, that that's a part of their routine as well, that the boutique fitness aspect obviously leads to a lot of socialization. 
it was kind of a natural thing that fell into my lap. I started working out in this particular studio in Charlotte called Burn Boot Camp. It is across the country. It's a franchise and fell in love with it, made some amazing friends. The two people I was working the facility I was working out at at the time they decided to expand and asked me if I wanted to be a part of it I was only 23 and I figured well my corporate finance desk job that I have is really not that fun <laughs> and it's not serving me I didn't love it I and I know you could probably relate to this with your own experience and your journey through law school I just kind of looked at myself one day and my boyfriend later turned ex-fiance which we can get into at the time and I said to him, I just don't think I'm meant to be behind a desk. And I never really saw that for myself. And that's why I started on this journalism piece. Because one thing that always attracted me to this idea of being a reporter was you'd always be learning and you would always have the opportunity to meet and interview new people and ask tons of questions. I never saw myself sitting behind any kind of desk other than one where it might be an interaction like this one, but I just didn't exactly know how I was going to get there. And in college, I really thought that finance and specifically business journalism would be an interesting niche. And still to this day, I'm very interested in financial topics, but it led me down a road to kind of pursue what I think was a more safe route, Melissa. I took a job right out of college. I got into an analyst program with Bank of America. And to walk into your senior year of college with a job offer in your hand is pretty nice. Coming out of an internship the summer before. So I felt like I was making the right decision. Looking around at my other classmates from the college that I went to, I felt like, oh, well, this is what most of them are doing. So I guess that defines my success in a way. And I, I didn't think twice about it until I realized within a year I hated it. And I just had that moment of like, this opportunity is being presented to me. My dad is an entrepreneur. And I think that growing up in that type of household, I was not afraid to take the risk and to just see what happened. So long story longer, I took the risk and I did it for about 18 months. And it was some of the toughest work I had ever done in my life. So I was leading a studio managing 30 plus classes as the lead instructor every single week by every Friday Saturday I had no voice and I got to a point where I loved my clients and I loved the work I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis but I was working with women specifically young moms encouraging them to take 45 minutes for themselves to work out every single day and I was not even coming close to doing that for Krista and I had this moment of I'm burnt out I don't feel like my best self physically. I looked really good because when you teach that many classes a day, you get easily 20,000 steps. And we know that that kind of movement is pretty amazing for your metabolism. But I was barely sleeping like four or five hours a night was about the most I was getting. And I had gotten engaged and I was at a point where I wanted to plan my wedding, not have the stress of worrying about somebody covering for my classes, taking time off, traveling on the weekends with my then fiance, and I couldn't do it. I was in a situation with the partnership I was in for the business side of things, and there was just no common ground. We couldn't find common ground. We, I think I look back on it now, and in reflecting on the experience, I can say that there was a maturity that I did not have and I'd be the first person to say that and admit that and there were things I could have done differently. But something that I really hold true to is even then, I was in a position where I didn't feel that my worth was being acknowledged inside of my job and I wasn't gonna stand for it. 
Now, what ensued after was I kind of quit in an abrupt manner. And while I was doing well, going through that process and considering that process, I was trying to look for another position. I almost even considered going back into a corporate job and I considered it very seriously. I went on 50 plus job interviews and and put on clothes that I thought I'd never wear again, like put a blazer back on, put on some, you know, conservative heels for work. And I was like, I never thought I would I would be doing this, but maybe I should maybe this wasn't meant for me. Maybe I should play it safe. So I went through that and I do have more to say on that particular period. But fast forward now to almost 2023, everything that happened to me since is the reason why my nutrition coaching came to be. When I was working inside of that gym in particular, we offered nutrition coaching for our clients and I was only qualified to do it because I had worked with a nutrition coach myself. I didn't really have the certifications. I didn't really have the experience that I've since gained. But what I realized in going through my own transformation and really understanding nutrition in a totally different light I was able to change my body in a way that had nothing to do with the types of workouts that I was leading my clients through inside of that gym. Since then, I've actually learned that some of those workouts probably weren't the best route for myself and a lot of those people, which we can discuss too. But it was really this domino effect of like taking this boutique fitness job and then growing up, right? Like that was between ages 23 and 26, very formative years of your life. And I imagine that there's women in that exact age group that listen to this podcast. And if you are in the midst of that age group, one thing I want to underscore before we break any of this down is it's okay to have one plan and it not go the way that you intended it to go. And sometimes you need to come to terms with the fact that the only thing that's guaranteed in our entire lives is change. I couldn't get over that. The 25-year-old version of Krista, the 26-year-old version of Krista, if you said that to her, there were moments where people did say that to me. I couldn't hear you. I did not like what you had to say. Since then, three years later, a lot has changed, and I'm grateful for those changes because I've accepted them for what they are and have done a lot of work, a lot of healing work too, to be able to say any of this right now at all and articulate what that experience and that journey has been like for me. Yeah, well- First of all, thank you so much for sharing. We appreciate it. And I think, you know, you make so many good points. And I think especially with like our generation and even younger generations coming up into the workforce, there's a lot more people going through what we went through where it's like, no, I have this path laid out for me. This is what I am supposed to do. And I'm telling you guys, if you just keep resisting whatever your soul is pulling you toward eventually something's going to happen and you're going to have this really pivotal moment. That's probably going to feel like you're in the trenches, but you got to listen to it. And it's so, so worth it. And Krista's story is like just a wonderful example of that. So can you, I think you kind of shared a little bit about this moment, but can you elaborate more on like, when was the moment that you knew, like, screw it, like I'm going to go after fill in the blank, right? Yeah, sure. Because I think I've had two of those moments, honestly, if I really think about it. So, and, and to your point that you just made, Melissa, it's so true that that resistance, it's something's going to knock you off your feet and be like, you have to listen to this because the statement I'm about to make is not to sound like I regret my path. But if I had to go all the way back to my 21 year old self in graduating college, 
I would say that my life would look very different right now had I not taken the Bank of America route. And then I went on to work for an asset manager for a little while too before I dove into fitness full time. Had I pushed on that journalism path in a more traditional way and had gone down the route of, honestly, the reason why I didn't want to pursue it at the time, wasn't really willing to move to like the middle of nowhere and work for a really small TV station. I just didn't want that for myself. I lived in Virginia for four years in the middle of nowhere. I went to a beautiful school, but I really was more of a city type person and I was ready to go into that right out of college. So I I considered that a reason to kind of pivot and that really changed a huge part of my trajectory for the next five, six years. So I could sit here and probably say that had I not done that, maybe I would be this reporter that I have in my head. I probably would be. And I'm sure I'd be, would have been happy with that too, but I don't regret it because I'm so passionate about health and wellness that I think I would have still found my way to this path, especially because I had these part-time fitness jobs. So when I think about my first like, screw it, I'm going to do it moment, the first one was... I had a job. I was working for an asset manager after I had left Bank of America. I realized like at first I thought, oh, this organization is maybe too big for me. Um, I was in a sales position at the time and I really kind of missed the creative component that I had gotten from writing and journalism and I learned how to edit video packages and a lot of tangible skills in college and I felt like none of that was being put to use. Quite frankly, I was like a glorified PowerPoint guru because I was so good at that type of work that I had people on my team who would send me those sorts of projects all the time. It didn't bother me, but I just knew I was meant for something more, Um, especially (laughs) at only 22. So I wound up transitioning to an asset manager and they had gone through a pretty big merger at the time under the Mass Mutual umbrella, which is obviously a huge company. I stepped into a role that was in the communication space. So I felt like I was inching back closer to what I wanted to originally do. And I had a moment one day, my boss in that position had actually said to me, you'll never be happy working for someone else. And he said that to me the day that I quit that job. So I had a moment not to... I don't know, maybe a couple months prior to him making that comment to me. I'll never forget the conversation where I had taken this job and I quickly realized that if you weren't in sales and you weren't close to the money and you were spending the company's money, no one really gave a crap about what you were doing. And that was a huge transition coming from a sales role at a huge bank, right? I saw both sides. I'm like, wow, now I'm in this internal role. And when you're spending the company's money instead of driving revenue, it's very hard to make a case for yourself. And I was working on a really big project that I needed that internal advocacy from pretty big players in the company to make any sort of progress. So most of the time I was sitting at my desk, twiddling my thumbs, trying to come up with other things to do because I'm not the type of person that just wants to sit still. That gave me the space to pursue this other fitness position that quickly went from part time. I would wake up at like three in the morning, go to teach a couple of classes before work quickly go home, shower, change, put on my corporate outfit, and then run to the office for the nine to five, fit my workout in after five o'clock and repeat that two, three days a week. I would wake up so happily at 3.30 in the morning, lit up, ready to go, ready to train, excited to put on my sneakers and leggings, not so much the other outfit. And the more and more I started to notice that, I 
it was serendipitous that the two people I worked for in the fitness space wound up coming to me and approaching me and being like, hey, you would be really good at this. You have so much enthusiasm. You you would be an awesome fit for this type of role. And at the time I was working at a bar studio. So I actually at one point uh, was a pure bar teacher. So I was like, I don't know, maybe like I do have the experience. I, I'd consider it. So they kind of tested me on the mic, tested me more, tested me more. And I was like, I love this. And and that's what really happened. And then as mentioned, to fast forward to those few months later, I was having a conversation with my boss at the time, trying to make this decision of what should I do next? And when I committed to taking on this more entrepreneurial path in fitness, he said to me, he's like, I still promise you though, I know your personality in the nine months you've worked for me, you'll never, ever, ever be happy having a boss. And I, I think he was definitely right, right? Like it took me 18 more months after that. And I will share too, I am in an interesting situation now because I quasi have a boss because I also work out of an athletic club outside of my nutrition business. But I've been able to carve out this environment for myself where I have the fitness fix and I've been able to build this brand and I'm only just getting started with it, which is so exciting because it obviously feels like the sky's the limit when it's something that's brand new. And that that moment of sitting there and being like, well, should I do this? What risk do I have? I then went home and I talked to who was then my boyfriend at the time about the options and he said to me, he's like, maybe you should just go for it. And him like having that vote of confidence in me, especially because transparently my parents thought I was a little crazy for making the decision and walking away from the 401k, the paid vacation days, all that jazz. I needed him to kind of say that to me to be like, go for this. You should do it. You're good at it. And that was kind of the rest of what transpired well into half of 2018 and most, if not all of 2019. But like I said, my next screw it moment was when I was 10, 11 months into that role and our company, our location, our particular burn boot camp location was doing so well. Like I never felt prouder to really be able to see how you could grow a business from scratch. And when I got to a point where I saw the success we were having and I saw the opportunity for growth. I also recognized that it was taking a lot out of me to make it happen, like I mentioned. And when I recognized that it was taking so much out of me, I was like, okay, I either need to learn to set some boundaries. I'll also share at this time, I realized that it might be a good idea to go to therapy. And I did. And it was one of the best things I've ever done for myself. And I've done it many times since. And I got to a point in talking with that therapist and family close to me. I needed to raise my hand and say, I can't continue to work this way. That conversation didn't go the way that I wanted to. And that was my next, screw it, I can't do this. I know my worth, add tax to that worth, and I'm out. And that really, what then transpired was the pandemic. And that certainly affected my job scoping process very significantly. And I didn't know that was going to happen, just like none of us knew that was going to happen. So... I, I think because if I think about this now and as I'm talking out loud here and thank you for listening to all this, but I think because I had taken the risk moment once in jumping from finance to fitness, I wasn't afraid the second time. The second time I was just like, look, like this didn't go the way I wanted to. It was only 18, 20 months of my life. If that doesn't go the way I wanted to, I'll figure something else out too. 
I love it. I love it. And that's what I was going to ask you is if you ever had any doubts. And I think, like you said, you kind of had a bit of an advantage the second time because you had gone through it the first time and you had the evidence that you could do it, you know? And I think when you're listening, like speaking from my own experience too, like when you listen to a soul nudge or calling or whatever you want to call it, you just know that it's, it's all going to be okay. So Mm -hmm. incredible, incredible story. And obviously, yeah, the pandemic whole other conversation, but you're here now you have your business, you are thriving. And I'd like to shift into, you know, your coaching. I'd love to hear more about what types of clients you work with and what are like the most common struggles that you help them with. Absolutely. So yes, fast forward to, I would say really the greater part of the last year and a half has allowed me to dive headfirst into nutrition coaching, growing the podcast and really refining and tweaking the type of person that I feel the most aligned to work with, because I think that's a really hard part. I'm sure you have other coaches that listen to this podcast just as much as your own clients or potential clients. And It can be intimidating to get into this space and feel like, oh, how do I differentiate myself? Or there's a lot of pressure. And what I've since learned, especially in the last couple of months, is a lot of what I do has been rooted in the challenges that I've faced myself and have actually figured out the tools, the solutions, the tangibles, whatever you want to call them, to put those into place and then have the evidence to be like, hey, trust me. Like, I, I, I know exactly how you feel. I have so much empathy for my clients. And I think to just kind of put bring this all together, one thing I do want to share is the last few years of the, a lot of the struggles I described and just like that journey that I've been on has actually allowed me to be such a better nutrition coach because in dealing with a lot of those work stressors, I always put my health on the back burner every single time. So when I think about a lot of the challenges that most fitness fix clients face, most women that I work with face, it's all about this idea of constantly doing the, I should do this, I should do that. And the this and that, we can insert prioritize my job because I want to show up as the most successful woman or I should make sure that I'm the one between my husband and I making dinner and getting all these things done and doing xyz responsibilities for our children without really asking him for help even though I need it and not learning how to verbalize that it's this woman who is a very typical high achieving woman who has all of these amazing qualities that make her the badass mom that she is, that make her the badass business executive that she is, that make her an amazing sister, an amazing friend. But for whatever reason, there's a disconnect in pouring those qualities back into herself. And that's really where the fitness fix comes in to be able to say, hey, it's okay. I see you because I've been you, but let's try to take maybe some of your type A personality traits and use them for macro tracking or use them to help you establish a better fitness routine. So that's who she is in terms of like her personality and maybe the places where she gets stuck. But then in terms of that woman's fitness journey too, and I think this will come as no surprise in me kind of walking through my own fitness story a little bit in my own career path. I also work with a lot of women who are predominantly group fitness lovers and they have a good, I'm going to put it in quotes, fitness routine because they show up to the gym every single day. But most of the time, the reason why they ultimately reach out to me is because I am still a group fitness instructor and they're in my classes, they're doing certain workouts, 
but they don't see the results that they expect and they can't figure out why. That disconnect is usually their nutrition and maybe some restructuring around their fitness, which we can talk about too, but predominantly nutrition. So it's often the woman that feels like she's checking the box and she's showing up, but she doesn't really understand if there's something in the recipe that's not adding up and she just doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. That, which is so many women out there. And I love that we share this passion for, I mean, all of it, but nutrition in particular, because I'm sure before you got started, you can probably resonate with this too. Like we're all just out here trying our best and we're eating the salads and we're doing the cardio and like shit's not changing. And it's like, yo, I'm working so hard and it's like incredibly, it feels incredibly defeating. So then once you hire a coach and you learn about nutrition and you like live the experience for yourself, like, oh, I don't have to live on the treadmill. And like a salad is actually not what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so empowering. And I love that, you know, your clients so well, your ideal clients. Um, I want to backtrack earlier because I know you talked about uh, the workouts that you had been doing in a certain point of your life, you realized, Hey, those probably weren't the best for me. Let's dive into that because I know a lot of our listeners could benefit from this conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I'm happy to speak on this because it's something I've learned for myself the hard way. And it's a really, really important part of my fitness journey because I thought I had all this shit figured out. Cause at that point I had worked with a nutrition coach and for me, it almost backfired because what happened was Right around, like I mentioned, December 2019 was like a really pivotal point in my life. At the time, I thought I was going to be getting married in October of 2020. While that was definitely going to be canceled because of COVID, I actually canceled it myself because I called off the engagement. And I, my ex-fiance and I are still good friends. He's an amazing human being and I wish him nothing but the best. But we just weren't each other's person. And I bring that up because... That turned into such a different approach to nutrition and fitness Fitness for me. That decision was just a catalyst for so many things in my life. And it actually didn't start out so great. It was very rocky. <laughs> so what happened in that period was I had gotten to a point where I mentioned I was pretty burnt out. I was doing a lot of programming that was through the classes I was teaching. And I had that mindset that I'm sure so many of the listeners can relate to. It's not a workout unless I feel dead by the time I'm done. That was my criteria. Like I had, and I wasn't afraid to lift heavy either. Like I was not necessarily this cardio bunny, like being on the treadmill because I had learned the difference, but I was really, really into, I think I kind of fell into the trap of like, oh, you should do the stuff that looks cool for Instagram, even if it's not necessarily that effective. And I had a lot of coaches around me, but there was just this culture at the time of like, who can we one up in terms of like, let's do this ridiculous exercise that's like a burpee with a push up and like, like a med, like some kind of like med ball slam into a burpee. Like, who cares? You don't, and you can work out that way. And I will explain what I mean, but I'm just giving that as an example to kind of highlight that you don't have to do stuff just because it looks sexy, because I promise that doesn't necessarily yield your results. But that was my whole like foundation of my fitness knowledge. I came up being trained as a trainer in that type of environment. So for as much as somebody could listen to this or you could kind of sit here and say, you know, you have your background in competing and getting really lean, right? Like you can make the same statement. That was all you knew. Maybe that bodybuilding style was all you knew. These are just two really different ends of the spectrum. I never found the in-between. Now, 
when I got to that point in 2019 where I realized I wanted to make a massive change in my life, both professionally and in my personal life, I thought that fitness was basically bullshit, Melissa. Like when I was at a place where I was making these huge decisions and making these decisions around moving, I had to, I, my brother and I were living together with my ex-fiance. He had to move out. I wanted to move back to New Jersey. This was happening in Charlotte. And then this all happened in March of 2020. So you can imagine how difficult it was to actually move because this was like the week that everyone in the world was like, don't leave your home. Um, so I, I just looked at myself in the mirror and was like, I don't give a shit about what I eat. And I just cannot fathom how it could be important to move my body. I, I And then, hey, you had no motivation to go to the gym if you literally couldn't go, right? Gyms were closed. Like this was in the height of so much uncertainty. And I know you posted a reel about this recently because I was watching before we jumped on the Zoom. Like you had a, a point right around the beginning of COVID when you really wanted to go into a muscle building phase and then you couldn't even get into a gym. So it made it impossible in a lot of ways if that was your perspective. That was mine. I saw that as an immediate excuse to be like, screw this. I don't want to do this anymore. And I think too, being somebody who has a relationship that's also financially and like career driven around fitness, it makes it hard sometimes. Like my clients always be like, oh, it's probably easy for you to work out because you're at the gym all day. It's the last thing I want to do by the time it's like eight o'clock and I've taught a bunch of classes, had a bunch of nutrition Zooms and trained a few people like it's not super high on my radar. I have to execute just as much discipline. I don't have the barrier of getting in my car, but trust me, like I got to have those pep talks with myself. So I'm painting this picture to say that I then went down a path of just having no relationship with fitness and nutrition at all. My mental health suffered tremendously because of it. And I was in a ton of therapy. I had mentioned therapy earlier and I was really in a place of trying to figure out like what I wanted in my relationships because that was obviously the question that I kept coming back to. Is this a relationship for me? Should I marry this person? And it took me like two months to actually make the decision to call off the engagement. I first just asked for space and I got plenty of it, especially with COVID. Um, (laughs) But I think in my heart I knew and I actually had this conversation with my ex I never brought the ring back from Charlotte to New Jersey. And he made a comment to me about it when we were having the conversation and like making the ultimate decision. And he said to me, and it was really hard to hear at the time, and it's still kind of sad when I think about it now, but he was like, you knew. Like you, if you if you weren't sure, you would have taken the ring with you and you left it. Like you left it at home, like where we were living together. And he was so right. So it was hard to hear because he was right. And I think... This is where the shoulda, woulda, coulda part of my initial story when we first started the episode comes together because part of my reason for being stuck in both my relationship and my fitness journey and my nutrition journey is I was basing everything off of a version of myself that I just wasn't anymore. I was basing off of what worked or what plan I had from a 19, 20, 21 year old version of Krista. That version of Krista had a lot less to worry about in her life. I actually shared a little bit of this recently in a group nutrition coaching session that I have been running through the athletic club where I work. And everyone thought it was kind of funny. 
And it was kind of funny because I made a joke saying like, you know, it's a lot easier to not worry about stress management when you're 22 and your only concerns are getting through your nine to five workday and then going out to, uh, to some bars in Charlotte with your friends on the weekend. So honestly, I could get away with certain kinds of fitness and nutrition routines that, hey, at 22 might also include not a lot of sleep, a couple extra drinks that now closer to 30, I can't get away with, right? I just can't. But what I learned was that I didn't really work on the relationship with fitness and food. It was so driven by aesthetics and chasing a goal versus how it made me feel. And that is really where I have totally changed the way I coach. I went through a 45-pound weight gain in less than a year. I've never felt more uncomfortable in my body in my entire life. And I just, again, in looking in the mirror and saying, I don't care about fitness, I don't care about nutrition, I also looked in the mirror and said to myself, wow, I don't know if I care about it at all to the point where I'm kind of okay with the fact that that happened until I was in such a place that I said to myself, I don't recognize who this person is. But I didn't recognize either person. Having stopped working out, having stopped really caring about what I was putting into my body. I went through phases of eating, not eating, especially in dealing with depression, and then subsequently making the decision to take medication. It just wreaked havoc on my on my body, not just mentally, but physically too. And I lived in both extremes. I got to the point where I had lost so much weight and a bunch of muscle, but then it all came back on, honestly, as fat. And that's where I had to restart my fitness journey because I had chosen not to exercise and I'm very careful with those words because it was a choice and I'm not saying that to be hard on myself but I am saying that for anybody who's listening if you feel like your fitness journey has been a ton of tops and stops and starts I hear you and I see you and I recognize how challenging that is I went from not being able to do any I went from being able to do I don't know like 20 push-ups on my toes without thinking about it to barely being able to do five without being so fatigued in the span of like a year and I was just like so disappointed in myself I'm like how did you let yourself get here that turned into a lot of negative self-talk that when you're talking to somebody who already was dealing with so much internally and externally I didn't even know where to start so I hired a coach and I hired a coach that legitimately forced me to cut out all cardio unless it was walking and in between every set I had to do in the gym or I and every set I chose to do in the gym I should say I had to set a timer for 90 seconds and I could not go again and the reason for that was because my cortisol levels were all over the place I had barely been sleeping I was dealing with a lot of insomnia in my experience in that time and I just was not taking care of myself to the point where like you want to talk about a calorie deficit forget it like I had no right to be losing body fat because I really needed to rebuild the foundation and I learned how to train in such a different way and I recognize there's a time and place for that type of training too I took on like a much more traditional bodybuilder split and I've now fallen in love with that though which has been really cool for me because in the last 18 months I've actually spent time tracking my lifts in a way I had never done as this like boutique fitness girl before. 
and I'm now set goals for myself around I want to do X number of pull-ups or last week I was super excited because the trainer I'm working with right now we've been working on my bench press and I cannot believe how much weight I've been able to put on over the course of a year and like I'm so happy to be able to sit here and say that and genuinely say you can have other goals that have nothing to do with your aesthetic because it helped me develop habits that now serve me in ways way beyond what I look like in the mirror or on the scale to the point where I'm very confident to say that all the highs and the lows that I experienced between 2019 and most of pretty much all of 2020 and a little bit into 21, I'm not afraid that I would ever go back to that point because I can spot now. I have the tools. I can spot what habits and behaviors and thoughts that I have in my head would send me back down that path again. And that's just like, I'm very grateful. I love that. And having that self-awareness is like literally key to life. But I just, I think in our twenties, they're so, it's like you said, formative years, like you learn so much, you grow so much. And just when you think like, dang, I've really figured a lot out. Then like something else comes along and you're like, whoa, like you don't know what you don't know. And so I think a good question I would love to have you answer is how did you acquire those tools to be able to be objective with yourself and spot like, oh, this is a limiting belief. This is self-sabotage. Like here's where I need to stop the cycle. Mm-hmm. Great question. Thank you for asking it. I'm so glad you did. I am still on this journey. So I want to preface everything I'm about to say with that because I go, it ebbs and flows. First and foremost, I will always go back to therapy as the driver for most of this. I started talking to a therapist back in like middle of 2018, if not 2019, when I was first noticing that I might not have been happy in this job that I thought was like the job that was going to answer all of my happiness that I wanted, right? That fitness job. And that was really alarming for me. So that was kind of step one. And it's just a lot of the activities, if, if anybody listening has gone to therapy, I think it comes down to the way you choose to show up inside of it because I've definitely been on the other side of it, which I'll talk about, where a therapist can hand you a lot of tools, but if you don't actually put them into practice, like you're truthfully wasting your money. And the same would go for nutrition coaching and any kind of accountability coaching, life coaching, business coaching, anything. So at that time, I was in a place to receive it. The other side is... Throughout 2020, when I was making these big decisions around leaving my relationship, quitting jobs, moving cities, moving back home, I went through probably a solid two and a half month period where I would not receive what my therapist was suggesting and I could not get out of my own way. And I can't really say what exactly woke me up from that, but I do remember in that time my siblings and parents and we were all living in the same house because again, we were quarantining, right? kept saying to me like you're gonna get to a point where you're just gonna wake up one morning and you're gonna say you're tired of your own bs and they were right because that's what happened but I couldn't believe them and it took a lot of introspection I also think in many ways having nothing to do in that time forced me to just look at all my stuff that I didn't want to look at it forced me I had no distractions I didn't have the distraction of being in a really really demanding job where I was always on like one of the things people don't really know or recognize about being a fitness instructor in particular like when I'm teaching a class I'm not looking at my phone I'm not on my computer I'm so present with my clients that if I now look back and ask myself oh there were certain things in my personal life that I could have spotted way sooner to recognize that maybe I wasn't in the right relationship I was so distracted by my job it, it, I was filling my days with that 
And then I didn't have the tools to have the conversations, to ask the questions that I now in the relationships I show up in today, both personally and professionally, I'm a different person because I'm not afraid to ask, but I'm also not afraid to try to facilitate the conversation with my partner, with a business partner, whoever it is. And so many people tend to be like, when I tell them a lot of these stories or like I, I kind of say something that's like a little jarring to them, they pull back and they're like, how do you have the confidence to say that? And I'm like, because I know what it's like if I don't say anything about it. That's shown up for me in the form of journaling. I'm really big on the, um, there's so many journals out there, but I'm really big on the five minute journal. I like it because it actually prompts questions for you. And for anybody listening, I would highly recommend it because journaling is intimidating. If you're just like, okay, I'm going to open a blank notebook. What should I talk about? No idea. It's hard. I get that. I, I totally get that. So the five minute journal is awesome because it has questions built into it. I started reading way more. I actually did the 75 hard challenge at one point in 2021 and it was one of the best things I'd done for myself mentally because I needed the structure and I wanted to check the box and one of the components of that challenge, it gets a lot of heat, but one of the components of it is reading 10 pages in a book. I started reading a lot more self-development books. I started reading a lot more books about relationships and I continue to do those things, but now it's just evolved to other topics. I have hired more coaches and I have coaches in all different areas. Business coaching in the last three months has been so formative on who I am as a person. And that's just naturally helped my business flourish and grow because I'm taking the time to take a step back and be like, wait a second, what does Crystal want? I've done that activity before, but I got busy and I kind of forgot about it, right? So putting these checkpoints in place and I now do that with my clients. Like sometimes when we get on a Zoom, we don't talk about food. We actually could go 40 minutes and not even discuss my fitness pal, look at a macro number, see how well they hit goals. And trust me, you got to do those things. These are for clients that I've maybe been working with for several months or maybe they had a week that they weren't super proud of and I got to dig a little deeper and not be afraid to ask them. And I have some clients, I have a client that I can think of in talking about this she said to me one day, she's like, it's funny that I'm taking dating advice from you because you're like 15 years younger than me, but you're so right. And she's like, how did you learn all this stuff? And I was like, because I realized I was very misaligned with how I was spending my time and in particular who I was spending my time with. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's personal development in a nutshell is sitting with your shit mm-hmm. alone. Like the amount of people that are so distracted and like, I'm definitely not above it. Like we all do it, but like, think about how many times you're in line at Chipotle or at the grocery store and you just instantly start scrolling or you come home and you sit on the couch at night and you have to be watching something, whether it's on your phone, the TV, both at the same time. And I just like have gotten to a point where I'm like, my brain literally cannot handle that kind of stimulation, but that's most people's default. And Mm -hmm. again, that is where it all starts. It's like, what comes up for you because it's going to be really uncomfy and that's exactly where you need to go. So I'm glad you shared that. And there's definitely a ton more that we could get into with mindset coaching and how you handle your clients with those types of struggles. So maybe we'll have to do another episode, but today we got to be respectful of Chris's time. Y'all she is a busy gal. So (laughs) I'm going to ask you the 
two questions that we ask every single guest. And the first one is what does living in alignment mean to you? Well, I love that. And I feel like I unknowingly sprinkled little bits and pieces of it into the conversation. And I have to say, probably the title of the show kind of triggered me to use the word alignment because I've been thinking about that only in the last like two hours and prepping for this conversation. And it's not necessarily part of my vocabulary all the time. I'm sure I say it in different ways, but Living in alignment to me is what I just went through in describing not being afraid to have conversations that you think are difficult, whether it's because it makes you uncomfortable or it makes somebody else uncomfortable. And it's also just showing up as the person you want to become, right? I think that something that people try to chase in finding alignment is they separate the path of who they are right now from who they want to become. I see this with my clients constantly. They're always, always telling me, well, you know, like this didn't happen this week because I went to this work party or I had this event. I didn't get enough sleep. My kids woke up at four in the morning. Then they came in my bed. I get it. That's life. That happens. But we have been working on with a few of my clients in particular, and it's really, really helping them. And I, because I think it's helped me, they, instead of talking about like who they want to be, they talk about it as if they're already that person. And whether they, like I have one client that calls herself old and then inserts her name, like old Krista, new Krista. And when we get on a Zoom and she's detailing what happened to her in that week and I ask her to share wins, she always shares it in the context of, well, old Krista would have done this, old Krista would have done that, but this is how new Krista showed up this week. And to me, I think that's how you actually get to alignment. I think people are so quick to want to just get to the destination without acknowledging any of the work, but you have to do the work to be aligned. You have to do the work to actually figure out what makes you aligned. And also, I think this is very important, Melissa, understanding that it's okay for the goal line to shift. So what you think is aligned for you, that is my whole story. Like my whole story on a personal level, when I think about anything that's happened in my life in the last eight to 10 years, there is an old version of Krista that was just not okay with making those adjustments because she had this plan that she set out on and she had to commit to it. So living in alignment is being able to adjust and shift. And I think when it comes to nutrition coaching, that's really easy to see because we can say to a client, hey, the last four weeks haven't necessarily panned out the way you wanted them to. You didn't plan this. This could have gone differently. That's fine. All we need to do is reframe and say, okay, maybe you have this goal that we might start a fat loss phase in six weeks. We should probably start it in 10. And at the end of the day, is that really that bad? No, because you're doing this shit for life either way. So who cares? Yeah, 100%. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. And then final question, where can people find you? Yes. Well, I would love, of course, I got to plug the podcast since we started with that. My podcast, again, is called The Fix with Krista Huber. And I do spell Krista with a Y. So it's Fix with a Y, F-Y-X. It is available on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you tune in to listen to your podcasts. I am on Instagram, two different handles. One's my personal at the Krista Huber. And then I have my Instagram for the podcast too, which is at thefix.officialpod. And shooting me a DM is the easiest way to reach me. Clearly, I like to talk and I have a lot to say. So if you guys are so inclined or if there's something in this message that resonated with you and you wanted to talk about it more, I'm truly an open book. And I always appreciate hearing from people and just learning how something in my story and opening up about that story might be able to help you. 
Perfect. And per usual, everything will be linked for the listeners in the show notes below. But seriously, Krista, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your time, your vibes, your expertise, and this this is going to be a good one. Thank you so much. Again, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And let's make sure we let everybody know that we are going to do a podcast swap. So stay tuned because we will definitely be having a little role reversal and we're going to flip the script and hopefully Lexi will be there for that one too. But I'm excited to have both of you guys on my show very soon. Yes, we're pumped. So you guys will see us then. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. That You're was so fun. Incredible. We could do Thank a whole you. other episode about like mindset. Yes, coaching, we totally so. should. And I am working on like not talking so, so much at once. So I appreciate you oh, hearing with me. No. But it's like, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to talk because I'm so used to it for my show. So yeah, well, you. that's how it should be too. Like I know when I listen to podcasts and I want to hear someone's story, like if the host keeps like jumping in, I'm like, can you just shut up yeah. and let them like go, please? That <laughs> so was like, fine. that's been the biggest journey I've had in being a podcast host because I'll listen to old episodes. I might've shared this with you guys and I'm like, oh, why did you stop them? Like let yeah. them go. So yeah. I appreciate it. You're, you're very skilled in listening and being a great host. So thank you very much. Thank you. That you're means welcome. a lot. And no, seriously, I seriously appreciate you yeah. so, so, so much. Um, I know you got to run. So yes. Have a great day. You too. And then I'll send this over to you guys as soon as we get it. And then does Chase edit your shows or do you two do it? No, Lexi does it. Good for her. But more power to her. I mean, it's nothing crazy. It's like shop the beginning and the end and then put the intro outro. Yeah. You know? And you know what? If you guys, like, you guys do such a great job that, like, I personally, in the beginning, I was so hypercritical of myself that I wish I had just, like, let it go. And, um when you have like when you two have a good flow with each other and you just let the guests talk it's way less editing but I have had shows where I've had to like totally change stuff so that kind of led me down that path but anyways I'll send this all over to you guys um if there's like if you do find like you want to change something I will probably have my editor edit this at some point anyways so just let me know like if something didn't go right or like you guys are watching it and what anything like just looks different or whatever you want um feel free because I what I will definitely do is have him uh cut up the show for some clips for mm-hmm. social media so I'm happy to send them to you too if you yeah. want to use them for like any kind of promotion so that would be amazing cool. awesome cool great thank you again I appreciate it have thank an awesome you so much afternoon. have a good rest of your day Thanks. <laughs> bye bye